0: this be one of the best moments of your life you're listening to the business mirror podcast for a broader look on business with senior editor dennis estopase
1: good day welcome to the business mirror bm broader look podcast today we podcast the broader look story titled of healthcare learnings musings in a pandemic the story was written by business mirror health editor Anne-Ruth de la Cruz and was published on March 19, 2021. For the text version online, please go to the Business Mirror website and search for Look. For the print edition, please read the Business Mirror newspaper. Let's get on with the story. When the Philippine government reported the first confirmed COVID-19 case in the country on January 30, 2020, the country's healthcare system immediately started preparations to manage the expected increase in COVID-19 cases. While they were able to put in place the necessary infection and patient safety protocols, not only to protect their patients but their healthcare workers as well, doctors had many lessons and realizations to share as they battled this invisible disease for over a year. Another doctor, who managed to be part of the government's efforts, had to leave prematurely to find another platform to push for his beliefs. One of them is Dr. Conrado Crisostomo of the De La Salle University Medical Center. Dr. Crisostomo has witnessed how COVID-19 almost put the tertiary hospital in Dasmarinas, Cavite, to the brink of collapse with tragic stories
2: so this is just a summary of the healthcare workers infected we had a total of 153 of them for the whole year until last month so we have an infection rate for our healthcare workers of 8.8 percent majority of our healthcare workers affected are nurses or belong to the nursing service department followed by our medical doctors and it's really unfortunate that we we lost one um, active uh, professional staff in the department of anesthesia and she was very active actively practicing during the time of the pandemic so we have to open up a facility and create a quarantine facility for our uh, healthcare workers so we have a 17 room uh, we provide them with everything if they uh, need to be quarantined. And we established and improved guidelines and protocols. So we also use the risk-based use of uh, PPEs depending on their area of assignment and the level of exposure to the patient. So this is the risk-based use of their PPE. And of course, a lot of memos and infographics on the definition of uh, levels of exposure and the contact tracing definition of a close contact. And also the return to work order for our healthcare workers. now another incident happened sometime in september because in one of our in one of our semi-private rooms where both patients are are rtpcr negative later during the confinement of one patient she became positive and the source of the infection is the watcher so because of this it became a hospital policy that all patients to be admitted together with the watcher should have a negative RT-PCR swab test so we implemented this uh, in September of course it will take uh, some cost but we have to do this for the safety of the hospital staff the doctors the nurses and also the patients of the hospital.
1: Dr. Gerardo Legaspi, director of the University of the Philippines' Philippine General Hospital, or PGH, recalled that when the enhanced community quarantine was imposed on March 15, 2020, he was summoned by Health Secretary Francisco Duque III. Dr. Legaspi said he was informed that PGH would be designated as one of three COVID-19 referral hospitals in the National Capital Region. The other two hospitals were the Dr. Jose M. Rodriguez Memorial Hospital in Kalookan City and the Lung Center of the Philippines in Quezon City. At that time, the PGH was already down to around 70 COVID-19 patients to 75 COVID-19 patients with 20% in the intensive care unit, down from 220 COVID-19 patients to 140 COVID-19 patients during the peak months of July and August. Dr. Legaspi said during a recent webinar organized by the Philippine Graphic that all they have done is based on using science as the base of their decision. It is not only enough to follow science but one has to choose the right science, Dr. Legaspi said. The neurologist expressed he was happy. Their experts guided them well, with the safety protocols and interventions for their patients. Science was also used at the De La Salle University Medical Center. By monitoring people's behavior, viz., the COVID 19, Dr. Chrysostomos said they were able to craft clinical practice guidelines or CPGs.
2: So, just to give you an overview for our COVID confirmed cases, we had a total of 199 for the year 2020, and we have a case mortality of 25%. A lot of these patients really have comorbid factors. And for our probable cases, we had a case mortality rate of around 15%. And for our suspects, we have a case mortality rate of around 20%. So in summary, for all COVID-related patients, We had a total of 1,110 with 222 deaths with a case mortality rate of 20%. So what are the programs and promotions? Of course, we have programs for our employees, and we also have programs for the community. Early during the pandemic, we housed our nurses also. We used the retreat uh, rooms of... De La Salle and the conference rooms. And because there is no school, we were able to use some of the classrooms uh, as dormitories for our staff. And then also we provided them with shuttle services and we provided them with uh, hairdressers so they can have their hair cut. Okay. So this was uh, from April to May. Of course, this is for free for our healthcare workers.
1: For Dr. Legaspi, science and the guidance of experts also helped him and his team to manage their fear that, he said, was a hindrance to the effective management of a COVID referral hospital. Dr. Legaspi noted that fear was evident in everyone's faces. But when we believed in real science, our fear started to melt away, Dr. Legaspi said. One of the things that science also proved, according to Dr. Legaspi, is that the real time reverse transcription polymerase chain reaction, or RT PCR, is not the end game to COVID. It is a point in time, and the reliance on it should be well tempered because you know the assurance of negativity is brief or only during the time of testing, Dr. Legaspi explained. Nonetheless, whether you are positive or negative, precautions still need to be observed, Dr. Legaspi added. Dr. Legaspi related that PGH did one mass testing of 4,700 employees and they promised they will never do it again although they got a lot of information from that. Instead, Dr. Legaspi said he would recommend targeted testing as a more efficient way to make use of RT-PCR. Dr. Crisostomo said the DLSU Medical Center also encountered problems related to the RT-PCR.
2: Also, sometime during this month, the Clinical Pathway Guidelines Committee was able to come up with a CPG for COVID-related illnesses in the ER and another CPG for patients who are to be admitted in the wards. So we are using these uh, CPG tools to make sure that everything is uh, done as per accepted standards.
1: The PGH surveillance showed that those who were assigned in the COVID wards actually had a lower rate of infection than the support staff who were helping them or those working in non-COVID wards. Dr. Legaspi said, this proves that if you have hospital health protocols well in place, even in a hospital like PGH with high-risk patients, COVID infection can be brought to a minimum. Still, Dr. Chris said there are certain things that are beyond their control.
2: Another big problem during the early months of the pandemic is the processing of our RT-PCR swab specimen. We do not have our own molecular laboratory and we submit our specimen to RITM. And sometime in March, I think there was a decrease in the capacity of RITM to receive uh, swabs. So, and uh, you know, there was really no clear direction on where we can send our specimen. So in May, our finally, our Cavite de la Salle COVID Diagnostic Center was uh, approved to operate by RITM and DOH. Our molecular laboratory is in partnership with the provincial government of Cavite through the efforts of our governor, Governor John Vic So we also receive specimens from the different towns of Cavite, and not just specimens from our patients. So there is also some problem with uh, turnaround time. But it's better that we have our own uh, molecular lab.
1: With the incident, the De La Salle University Medical Center expanded the management of their COVID-19 response.
2: Unfortunately, I would like you to know that sometime in July, we had an outbreak we had a clustering of cases in the operating room. So this was the first week of July and we got their tests sometime July 7. And a good number of them, uh, around 18 uh, staff of the OR, some from the central supplies room were positive for COVID. And because of that, we were forced to close our operating room even for emergency cases because we have no staff so indeed it was very unfortunate and during this time we have to really uh, enhance our acts and uh, really um, emphasize all the infection control measures that has to be done during this time we Created the covid command center committee
1: when it came to their healthcare workers dr legaspi made sure that they were housed in nearby hotels had shuttle services and that they were mentally and spiritually supported to deal with the situation
2: during this time we created the covid command center committee so as you can see in this slide also we had a meeting with PESU and also the who provincial representative the COVID command center committee now has a wider uh membership aside from of course we have the nursing service representative the director director for marketing we have a representative from the laboratory the molecular lab the main hospital lab and of course our infectious disease specialists and also our er uh doctor they were all represented And we meet regularly, since then, we meet every week to assess the situation and to put out uh, memos and guidelines and policies. So after around two weeks, we were able to open our OR initially for emergency cases and then slowly um, also for our elective cases. Because of this, Our brother president uh, put out a memo to implement stricter infection control measures. And also we have to close down the charity outpatient uh, department and very limited number of patients can be accommodated in the private uh, clinics of the doctors. The staff are also on skeletal duty. And uh, even the residents are divided, they go on duty for a straight number of days and then they are off duty for a good number of days also. So it depends on the department. So they're all on skeletal duty. Now, what what else did we do? So of course there's extensive contact tracing, which is very important. So this is just a sample of one uh, contact tracing
1: Ensuring that the staff and patients felt safe was also a priority for Maria Victoria Vergel de Dios, president of the VRP Medical Center's board of directors.
3: So for strengthening infection control measures for patients and healthcare healthcare workers' safety, what better way to handle COVID-19 patients than to make them feel safest in our space? We had to ensure that our employees, the residents, doctors, were protected for us to deliver that expected level of care and safety. Because I believe that if they genuinely felt safe inside our premises, then this would also reflect the care they provided. The following are among the infection control measures that we strengthened. We created a manual for the staff with protocols and screening, PPEs, disinfection, occupational health and safety standards, we provided temporary housing for employees to keep them from exposure and also to protect their families from any exposure employees residents and teams of consultants also went on rotational or weekly duties to lessen the risk of transmission free rt pcr testing and subsidized baseline testing of employees initially with RITM, and now done through the UPNIH and our partner laboratories. Installed negative pressure, exhausts, air cleaners, HEPA filters, and other ventilation systems in hospital facilities. We also implemented contactless screening and transactions as much as possible, so we bundled human transactions for less staff exposure. We implemented um, COVID and non-COVID zoning within the hospitals and installed board-ups in critical areas.
1: For Dr. Crisostomo, they analyzed the risk factors.
2: And we identify high-risk and low-risk exposure employees. Now, the high-risk factors that we observed, I think similar also with the medical city, communal eating is... One, that is one uh, high risk factors commonly observed because they of course they have to eat without the mask and maybe it's very Filipino that we like to be eating together. But not only that, they even share a sink. After eating, they share a sink to brush their teeth. So that is also unidentified uh, high risk behavior. And also inappropriate use of PPE was one of the identified factors. And because they were staying in dorms, it's possible that they also get it from their co-workers while in their dormitories and staying in in enclosed spaces. And again, just like what uh, Medical City experienced, most of our healthcare workers who got infected got it from the community or from a co-worker but not from our patients.
1: But protecting their staff was also top of mind among managers of the De La Salle University Medical Center, Dr. Chris said.
2: With increasing number of admissions, really the lack of PPEs is one of the major uh, problems that we had because we have to protect our staff, and yet we were not prepared prepared to really Uh, provide for adequate PPEs for everyone. Uh, We had daily monitoring of inventories of our PPEs, plus also we were monitoring the dates of their deliveries. And of course, we were asking for donations, and we would like to thank our donors who generously donated uh, PPEs. And just like the Medical City, we also recycled N95 masks following WHO guidelines on how to do it. And our linen department manufactured our own PPEs. And because of uh, hospital staff getting sick, we also have a problem of lack of manpower. So we have to do redeployment and we have to close some units, which uh, we can do because at that time, really there is a drop in the number of patients anyway because we are lasalle now we took advantage of our uh, lasalle celebrities and they gave they posted their messages on facebook for our frontliners to boost their morale which i think is you know very important to think that uh, these celebrities are uh, caring for them so and we thank them very much for their much felt uh, much appreciated messages and also we had the uh, badges available to be used on facebook and we we put out infographics on uh dealing with the new normal and the department of psychiatry launched usap tayo which is a teleconference open to anyone just contact the the number and they will be addressed. We had free flu vaccines for our employees and then online training and seminars uh, facilitated by our HR um, for them, how to cope up with, uh, with the pandemic.
1: Dr. Legaspi recalled that whenever the PGH was sought for comment on any issue, he would call Health Undersecretary Maria Rosario Verjere to ask if his statements would not counter the messages that the Department of Health wants to impart. That was to prevent a lot of miscommunication from people working in the COVID crisis, Dr. Legaspi said. According to Dr. Legaspi, people should be able to identify with the messages so we made them attractive, easy to understand, and of course, informative. For Dr. Carl Henson Evans, director of the Hospital Infection Control, And epidemiology center of the medical city. One of the critical lessons he learned from the pandemic is that preparation is key.
0: I think that preparation is key. I really like how Singapore uh, uh, prepared for the pandemic. After the first SARS, they really invested time and money in in pandemic preparedness. So look at how they're doing now. They did a very good job of pandemic control. I listed here medical city, but it doesn't come close to. What Singapore did, but I think our preparations for global communicable diseases, uh, because it wasn't entirely zero. No, we 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 started off on the correct footing. Crisis leadership, I think, is critically important, both for the local, for the small, for the hospital, but also um, you know in a nationwide and an LGU level scale. Agility, I think, is also essential. There should be. Uh, multiple disciplinary response teams, these are often cumbersome, but you know, but it needs to move and be flexible.
1: Dr. Crisostomo said that when the first confirmed case was recorded on January 30, 2020, the De La Salle University Medical Center activated the protocols they prepared in 2019.
2: On January 30 of last year, the first confirmed case of SARS-CoV-2 was declared in our country, and The next day, we already formed the 2019 ANCOV Ad Hoc Committee. And this was composed of the medical director, the director and assistant director for quality assurance and our infection prevention and control, uh, nursing staff together with our institutional communication director. Now. Our hospital had the first confirmed case of COVID on March 21st, 2020. And at that first month, we already had eight confirmed cases and three mortality for that first uh, cases that we admitted. In April, we admitted seven confirmed COVID cases with six uh, deaths. And at the end of the month of April, we already formed the COVID-19 Clinical Management Committee. This time, this committee is composed of um, medical practitioners, infectious disease experts, and representatives from all the other specialties in the hospital so they can a guide in the management and issue protocols on the latest uh, management on how to best care for COVID, because really at this time, we really do not know much.
1: For Dr. Henson, rapid diagnostics held the key and crisis leadership was required.
0: Um, I also think that rapid diagnostics holds the key. There really is a difference between the early response to the pandemic when we were getting tests very late versus when there were more tests and we were diagnosing patients faster. Take care of patients that way. And I think we all realize this, our national healthcare system really desperately needs an upgrade. Whatever your politics, I think we can all agree that our national healthcare system needs an upgrade. And I think that uh, this pandemic has defined for everyone, especially our leaders, what the next things are, what the next steps are uh, that are required uh, for the nation.
1: The declaration of enhanced community quarantine or lockdown was also a turning point for Dr. Anthony Lee Chon, a noted cardiologist who practices at the Manila doctor's hospital. Dr. Lee Chon recalled getting a call from Malacanang, summoning him to support and advise Secretary Carlito Galvez, who was tapped as the chief implementer of the National Action Plan Against COVID-19. Dr. Lee Chon said he would report to Camp Aguinaldo, which served as the command center. Dr. Lee Chon said his role at that time was to give medical advice to Galvez. Dr. Lee Chun said that on his second and third day, He presented a blueprint on how they would carry out the plan. After that, he was also involved in the delivery of major services, meeting with governors and mayors on their needs. However, Dr. Lee Chan said he was forced to resign after only three months because of some differences in the policy as well as in the communication process. For one, he noted that the data that the DOH had been disseminating was not updated because of the delay in its collection. Dr. Lee Chun said he demanded transparency and openness rather than the propaganda system. They should report what is happening and if there are deaths and not stonewall any communications, Dr. Lee Chun said. Dr. Lee Chun added that there was no sense of urgency so that people will be informed and will be able to make the appropriate sacrifices given the information. It is important that the people know the extent of the problem so that they will realize the need to stay at home and to observe the minimum health standards of wearing face masks and face shields, frequent hand washing, social distancing, when they need to step outside, Dr. Lee Chon said. If he had his way, Dr. Lee Chon said he would form a coalition of stakeholders in order to fight the COVID-19 pandemic. Dr. Lee Chon related his experience when he was invited to be part of the group that helped formulate the Hessein Tax Law. This group was composed of doctors, economists, and members of the cabinet. According to Dr. Lichon, the problem is that the opinions of medical experts are overruled by economic experts, so when medical experts make certain recommendations, they are overpowered. This is a global pandemic, Dr. Lichon said. This is a medical pandemic. Why should the economy be prioritized? According to Dr. Lee this is the reason why there have been delays in the vaccines because government's priority is how to open the economy without realizing that the problem is that the economy will never recover until the virus is controlled. Dr. Lee said he had recommended that once the vaccination program is finally rolled out, the national capital region be prioritized since 50% to 70% of the business and major academic institutions are based at the region. Dr. Lee-Chun said if he wants to change government's game plan, the national capital region should be vaccinated first so that government can open the airports and the businesses freely. The other regions to follow are Region 4A and Region 3 because these are the regions that will bring the business, Dr. Lee-Chun said. Ask if the country is ready for the next pandemic, Dr. Lee Chun declared that the country is not ready because the government has not invested in healthcare for the past 40 years. In the 1960s, because of the Vietnam War, there was an exodus of doctors and nurses to America. And in the 1970s and 1980s, there was a time that even doctors became nurses just to go abroad because of higher pay. Hence, Dr. lee said, the Philippines became the number one exporter of doctors and nurses abroad. Indeed, according to Dr. crisostomo the challenge is human resources.
2: I agree also with Dr. Gap that it is really uh, the manpower, the people uh, that is working for a common goal that, that is really the strength of an institution. So, and yeah, the, why are we here? No, Why, why are we in the administrative uh, offices during the pandemic? So we really don't know. But I'm sure that the uh pandemic will end because the vaccine is yeah, in the horizon and again we are also in cooperation and in uh, touch with our lgu we are preparing now for the vaccine rollout program
1: According to Dr. Lee Chon, there is also a need to revitalize PhilHealth by reducing the corruption and appointing competent people. According to Dr. Lee Chon, it would be best that the PhilHealth setup be made similar to that of the Banco Central ng Pilipinas where the governor is given a set term of six years. To be fully prepared for the next pandemic, Dr. Lee Chon also recommended that the country have more PGH built in the countryside. If there are 14 regions, the government needs to build 14 PGH so that not everyone will need to go to PGH in Manila. Hence, Dr. Lechon said the government needs to build infrastructure in the countryside so that the doctors, after being trained in Manila, would be willing to go back to be deployed in the regions and with every hospital, there will be economic development. For Dr. Crisostomo, marketing the De La Salle University Medical Center, as the safest area against COVID-19 is a major concern.
2: The next challenge for us is really to market now the hospital. And I'm sure a lot of the other hospitals are also experiencing this. We have to give the message to the community that we are a safe hospital and even maybe safer than the malls that they go to. Because, you know, we segregate, we identify. Uh, those who might have uh, the infection and those who have not. And so, actually, it is really the safest place to be. And if you need really to seek medical help, then do not delay it. And uh, of course, we encourage telemedicine, but uh, if you really need to see a doctor, then we assure you that it is really a very safe place to go.